Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris, and I'm the superintendent of schools for Del Norte County. So today on the podcast, we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about state testing. So, um, you know, for those of you who have followed state testing at all, California is not what I would call a success story when it comes to measuring student test scores. Up until, um, oh my gosh, what was it? Uh, maybe 2010, 2013, um, the the state never gave the same test two years in a row. They never weighted it the same. They never had the same sort of questions. They never had the same sort of, um, uh, of, I think, sort of ways of assessing what our kids did. And so while they always compared year over year, they were always comparing different things. Um, and quite honestly, I think this year is not going to be any different. So joining me today, um, I have... April Martin from our Curriculum and Instruction Department. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Ray Fearing, Director of Innovations and Special Projects and Leading Testing this year. Hello. And Leslie Machado, Director of Curriculum and Instruction. Hello. So um, thank you guys for joining us. And, you know, so in just kind of talking about what it looks like, and April, you're kind of the overall testing coordinator. You have access to everything the state sends our way, which isn't that a lot of fun. It is the most fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last three years have have been pretty different, right? So if we go back to, uh, Ray, this is for your benefit, to 2018, 2019. (laughs) That's an inside joke. We were talking about 1819. (laughs) And she's like, I don't think we tested in 1819. Anyway, in 2018, 2019, that was kind of a full-blown test, right? Yes. Yes. And how many days did our kids test at that point? It varied by site. So there are, you know, different tests, the computer adaptive test, and then the performance tasks for ELA and math. And so those shouldn't be done on the same day and take, um, there's no time limit, so students can take as long as they need. So Mm -hmm. we always gave, you know, four weeks of time where we would stagger those things out and um, at that time, we weren't one-to-one, so having access to all of the computers we needed for testing, we had to rotate kids around. So it was a lot of work uh, to get that done. And so it could be a month of time where schedules were disrupted while students were testing. So, I mean, it, that's, a, that's a pretty crazy schedule when you think about kids having to test over the course of a month, right? So there's only 10 months in school, so we're already taking one-tenth of the entire school year and testing. And that also happens about a month before the end of school, right? Um, The other thing, too, that a lot of folks out there may not know is um, all the tests now are all on computers. Do you guys remember when was the last year we actually gave a paper pencil test? I'd have to think about that. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? Six years? Has it been six years? Longer. Maybe longer. longer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because what they did was they did paper pencil and then they quit giving tests for a while, remember, because they were developing them. And then they came out with... um, uh, the Smarter Balanced Consortium Assessment, or CASP, um, and now we've got these full digital tests. And again, we're, and I'm not going to hold back here. I don't like our state testing system because I think we've got some kids that don't engage well digitally. They they need that tactile and that visual piece that the state test doesn't give them. Um, and I think it's also just a snapshot in time. I don't think it's indicative of what they're actually learning in school. But um you know, as we go through it, 
that's kind of what it looked like at that point. And Ray, that, that's a good point that they were having to share computer labs or a computer cart with tablets. So that's where we were. But then we rolled into the wonder years of 2019, 2020 and COVID. And Leslie, what happened that year? So in March, that's when schools were shut down due to COVID. So that year, um, California said we did not need to do any state testing. So there was no um, summative assessment or state assessment at the end of the year in 2020. And, and it's just not California, right? I mean, one of the reasons we do these tests is because the feds require it. Yes. Um, as really as part of getting any sort of federal funds. So... Then we, so we really didn't have any test data in 2020. No, no. So what did it look like then? And, and this, I think kind of goes, this is where the three of you kind of mesh, right? In talking about last year, last year was even a more bizarre year. For sure. So, so describe to everybody what testing looked like last year from your perspectives. So last year, California applied uh, through the feds for a waiver. Um, every state did and were denied saying, hey, we're not ready to do this. This isn't a fair assessment. Um, the feds said, no, we, we, need, we need some type of an assessment. So what they were able to do is to say that if you're already giving a standards-based assessment um, locally, you could use that in lieu of the CASP or the SBAC. Um, what we did was we decided that for our 11th and 12th grade students, there was some benefit that they went ahead and took the CASP assessment. It would help them with their entrance exams when they go into college. So our 11th and 12th graders continued and took the CASP last year. However, our third through eighth grade students um, took an iReady assessment and it is standards based. Um, and so they we were able to share those results with uh, California Department of Education and um, and, and do that in lieu of CASP last year. So we got to do a local assessment because the Fed said we had to do something. Um, are Were parents notified of those test results or do they have access to those test results right now? Yeah, we can. they can get into their parent portal through ARIES and all state assessments are there from any state assessment that their child's done beginning from third grade is when they start taking state assessments. So those results are absolutely there along with CASP. So, and, and just, just so everybody knows, you're going to hear us talk about CASP. Uh, that stands for the California um, Assessment of Student Performance and Progress. Um, you might hear us talk about SBAC, and that's the Smarter Balanced um, Assessment Consortium. Um, the SBAC is actually a group of states that said, here's what we want our test to look like. The CASP is actually the California state test. So, um and then iReady is what our students are currently using uh, to kind of review uh, standards and to kind of support them in their general classes now. Correct. Yeah. So they get they take that assessment three times a year and it's standards based and it may or may not be what the teacher has or has not taught at that point in the time. Mm -hmm. So it's not really um, an assessment of what's been learned in the classroom. It is an assessment of the overall grade level standards and then it place the students according to where their needs are uh, when they continue after the diagnostic, they come back to it and they do lessons that will help support them to getting to grade level standard. And if you're interested in more about iReady, I think we've had some other podcasts about iReady, and I'd encourage you to go back and, and check those out. But now that brings us into um, 2021, 2022, right? Um, again, Ray, that was for you. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Um, so as we, you know, as we talk about this year, there was a lot of, of 
I think, confusion about what this year was going to look like. Is it going to be a full test? Is it going to be a modified test? Is there going to be something else this year? Because, um, you know, last year, and again, uh, I know that most people are aware of this, last year, out of just over a 1,000 school districts in the state of California, only about 100 of us or 200 of us were actually in school during the year. Almost 800 never attended school until March or April of, of 2021. Um, so this year with everybody coming back and to whatever degree, um, what does testing look like this year? So I'm just going to throw it out to the three of you and, and April talk about schedule, Ray kind of talk about what the test looks like. Um, if you have any information, Leslie or Ray or April on, on LPAC, and that's the English learner, um, performance assessment. Mm-hmm. I don't know what LPAC that's is. It. That what it is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it took the place of the old CELT, the old school CELT. That's where I was. So um, just tell us where we are with the assessment, what that's going to look like this spring. Um, I know that for CASP, we're doing, uh, we're going to start April 25th and run it through June 3rd. Um, and then LPAC, if you want to talk about that, that the testing for LPAC has been going on all of February and March. Mm-hmm. And it should be finished up in March so that we don't have LPAC and CASP testing at the same time. We don't want to overwhelm the kids with testing. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I think for me, even 20, not, <laughs> 2020, 2021 and this year as well, it's all been about the same for me because my job is getting everyone ready for testing, mm-hmm. like getting the teachers in, you know, in the system and getting the kids set up with the right tests and accommodations. And um, I got everybody ready in 20 and it got canceled. <laughs> and then 21, almost everybody got canceled. And this year it looks like it's going to be... Um, the biggest testing that I've seen since I've had this job. And um, so far, everything's gone pretty smoothly. Good. Well, and, and I don't think a lot of people know, you know, they think they're just a state test. Right. There's a lot of lead in. They start they start having you do stuff back in November and December. Yeah, I, I start in August with getting teachers set up uh, with the right, um, like oh, that's per- right. permissions yeah. and, and principals. Because they, and... they do interims. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, and this year, like previous years, there will be the three assessments that students take, the language arts literacy test, the mathematics test, and then the science test. And all three of those have a computer adaptive piece where they're working on the computer and the questions might change what question is next based on their previous answer, as well as performance tasks. So that's uh, what we're going to be scheduling for so that students um, can be successful on that. And so we've asked, we already done training in the district and we are um, doing another training next week for test administrators, those who will be administering the test to students to get everybody ready and looking at schedules so that we can um, make the most of it and make it as productive as possible. We are having our window open, there's spring break and then we're back for a week kind of settle in and then the testing window opens but sites will determine when their testing will be in that large window april 25th through june 3rd so look for principals to send home information about when their testing will actually occur so really there's going to be about a six-week window Mm -hmm. so it could happen more toward the beginning more toward it just depends it just depends and they have to you know decide what we're going to test first language arts or science or math and then you know stagger those throughout the whole time frame right well and and i think too just to clarify when we talk about the computer adaptive test that's kind of what i think most folks would refer to as like multiple choice right and when we talk about adaptive can you explain how that adaptive piece works a little bit 
So, and it's more than multiple choice. Uh, th that's the nice thing about computer-based tests. I remember also the previous paper pencil tests where they were bubbling in, and now you can't really bubble in answers. So there's drag and drop, there is um, filling in answers, there's also some multiple choice, and there's some that have more than one correct answer. Mm -hmm. So it really is a test of what students know and can do at the time. And, well, and so the adaptive piece, though, is kind of interesting, right? And that's when they first came out with the um, uh, cast, that's the part that I thought was kind of cool because if a student gets it right, the questions can get a little more challenging. And if they get them wrong, they can get, they can drop down a little bit, correct? Correct. And so they don't all take the same test as with the result right. of that. So some students might have, I don't even know how many questions each grade level has, but they could have 50 questions or 60 questions, but depending on their answers, they may get and end up with 68 or 70 questions and somebody might end up with 62 questions. So it really is a different test for everyone. To really kind of zero in on what their actual achievement levels are. Um, but so explain a little bit about what a performance task is, because again, if we go back to the old testing that maybe a lot of our parents went through or, you know, um, we went through, our quote performance task might have been taking a book and uh, like an empty notebook and writing an essay. What what do performance tasks look like in math and English? So for math and language arts, it will have them look at different information. It could be a mathematics scenario where they're asked to figure out um, how to solve a problem using mathematics and, and computational thinking. In language arts, it could be looking at some primary source documents or listening to um, audio or watching a video and synthesizing information to come up with an answer. Mm -hmm. So what what should parents expect this year? Is this going to be, is this a full-blown test? Is it going to be pared down a little bit? Um, what What have you guys heard and what are you prepping for? So last year it was a shorter version, and this year it is the full-blown full, full blown version, as they say. So it'll be back to what it was prior to COVID. So in last year, Leslie, if I'm not mistaken, only our 11th graders took the um, CASP last year. Everybody else did, uh, did uh, iReady. Correct, except that we had some 12th graders who did not take it their 11th grade year, so they did they did take oh, it their 12th grade. To... Yes, they're okay. required to take it once in high school. Okay. So, um, again, this year we'll see the same thing. Our 11th graders will take it. And I think that's maybe something else that the community may or may not know, is that um, our 9th, 10th, and 12th graders don't have to test, unlike previous testing cycles where everybody tested. It's just 11th grade. Correct. Yeah, they have it set for 11th grade. So when you're looking at planning what classes you're going to take and what you're going to do uh, in ninth and 10th grade, it's really important because you'll be taking that final assessment 11th grade year. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and the hard part about that, too, is think about math, right? Um, you've got your ninth grade math, your 10th grade math, and then your 11th grade math, and you take math during your 11th grade year. If for some reason you were able to let's say you did math your ninth and 10th grade year, you didn't take it your 11th grade year and you were planning on just taking your last math class as a senior, it might've been a year since you've actually had math before you took this test. I mean, that, that can actually complicate things. And I think that, you know, sometimes that can reflect in the students' um, scores. And also think about they haven't taken the assessment since eighth grade. Uh, Ray alluded to the fact that oh, there's a true. lot of different ways to access and show what you know. We say that to kids, you know, show what you know. Well, there's drag and drop. There's a lot of things that 
Uh, and I think adults, we probably struggle with it more. Kids will just click around and, and play with it, but they need that opportunity to really get in there and figure out how to show what they know, because that's part of the issue, I think. Well, and you know, we talk about that all the time is, is, is it really a learning gap or is it a demonstration gap, right? I mean, do they not know what they're doing or do they not know how to show it in a digital environment where things, and you, you brought that up. I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy when you think about it, that an 11th grade student hasn't actually done a CASP test in three years, yeah. four years. I mean, that's Since crazy. Eighth grade. Well, yeah. and our fifth graders, this will be the first hmm. year they've tested. So normally oh start in third grade, that's but true. their third grade year was canceled. So we have a lot of students taking it for the first time this year, which is why we've talked about what Leslie just mentioned in our first training with the district staff is thinking about making kids comfortable and understand how the system works, having some experience with it, practicing ahead of time mm -hmm. so that they can show what they know and they're not, um, don't have a barrier of using the computer test. Yeah. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but I will. Um, what, what do you guys think are going to be the outcomes of these tests? But what would you expect to see this year? I think that we can all agree that our students are struggling, and this isn't um, just in, in Del Norte, it's just not in California. I think globally, students, uh, we know the last two years of education have been difficult. Mm -hmm. um, some people were easily able to engage for one reason or another through distance learning. Um, some families uh, appreciated that and enjoyed that, and while quite um, a, a large group of people did not and were not able to find success that way. So I think we're making up um, educationally. We're trying to get kids where they need to be. And th this assessment will be on their grade level standards. And, and we know that we're struggling right now. And I'm interested to see how we do, because also we have been using iReady now. And that is standards aligned. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a program like that previously that addressed so many students. And I'm hoping we'll see some impact from that. I know the response from teachers and what they're seeing with their classroom data has been positive. Um, I also just wanted to mention there's going to be some new information coming out for parents this year. So they're going to get the scores that they mm -hmm. normally get in that score report, which we'll put in Aries. Right. But there's also Lexile and Quantile scores this year, which is new. And that will be um, a separate report that parents will receive on their reading and math abilities. And these new measures, these lexile and quantile measures are not the result of additional tests, but rather a byproduct of a child's score on the smarter balanced assessments in language arts and math. So, so Ray, just really quickly. So lexile basically is just a reading level, mm -hmm. right? What's quantile? That shows the math skills your child has mastered and which skills they need additional instruction in. Okay. So that's exciting and that's more information. And that's while I agree with you that this is not the best test ever written, yep. uh, it is information for us to use. And right. I like that there's going to be additional information that can help parents know how to help their students and help us inform us in the classroom. Yeah. And, and what I like about that is really that's what, that's the bottom line, right? Teachers teach. We provide those, those opportunities. We provide the materials, the curriculum, those kind of things. Um, but I think a lot of times we've all heard families call and say, how can I help my child? And this is going to give them some more information to be able to do that too. And just talking about this being new to kids, it's also some of our teachers, April, have never done this before. That is correct. Right? So what what has some of that training and, the, and setting them up look like? I mean, I can only imagine there's been a little confusion. Uh, it's not bad, actually. I think our new teachers and the teachers who haven't done it yet, they're very vocal and saying, I need help. Yep. Can you assist me? Um, I haven't had a lot of people, but the people that I have dealt with are, they're 
kind and they're understanding and they're they're just wanting to to do it the best that they can. So they are signing up for all the trainings that Ray has been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they are calling and asking questions. They're emailing. I mean, they're being really proactive and, and they really want to do the best that they can do. No, that's great. So thank you, um, Leslie, Ray, and April for joining me. Um, is there anything you'd like to add or anything else that you want to share before we go? I think for me as a parent, Mm-hmm. with uh, kids who are taking testing. Um, just remember that you can access all of your students' scores through the parent portal. And um, it's something that if you need help with, your secretaries can help you, or you can call me and I can help you. Um, it's just, just a really great way to get all the information. And parents can help. I just, yes, it's important. We want to do well. We want to get some sleep and be ready to test on the days that we're testing. But I've also seen students who put so much pressure on themselves and it's just one day, it's just a test, and it doesn't, it's not going to impact your life. Um, it's information to help us do a better job as a district and as classroom teachers. So, you know, reducing some of that anxiety, but also letting us know that we should try and not just blow it off, but really try to do our best on the test. Yeah, and I would just encourage parents, if you have any questions, contact the, your child's teacher. That's the best place to start to see, you know, if you're wanting to know when the testing schedule is or what's going on or what the iReady scores are showing at this point, the, that would be a great place to start is to start with your your child's teacher. Yeah, and, and fortunately, I think a lot of families who may be listening to this now um, just got done with parent-teacher conferences, so you should have a lot of that information. But again, if not, you can always give us a call at 464-6141. And um, ask for the curriculum and instruction department, and they can put you through to April, who will answer that phone, and and can give you a little bit of help. And just a reminder that um, testing doesn't start tomorrow. Testing's not going to start next Monday. Um, it's going to start April 25th, which um, we are about uh, two weeks away from spring break, and then we'll go on spring break. There'll be a week after we come back, and then testing will start at that point. So um, again, thank you, um, all three of you, for for jumping into the podcast today. And um, we look forward to seeing what happens this year. 